Hey guys, Will Gadara. Yep, same room, same shirt, all that, but there are some new things happening in the world. Not sure if you read about it, but America now has murder hornets. <laughs> As if everything else wasn't crazy enough, but there's still a lot of things to to be happy about, and we got a lot of them here. Welcome back to Weekly Specials. It's the Weekly Specials. Weekly Specials. Good news coming at you. Okay. This week, we're going to dedicate our headlines to restaurants all over America and across the world who are pivoting in inspiring and creative ways. And there's a lot of good ones. So let's dive right in. Listen, we've heard a lot about restaurants reworking their menus into to-go meal kits, but Coquette in New Orleans has taken it one step further. With a new idea called No Menu Takeout, guests have the chance to reserve a four-course dinner for two. Launch weekly with a new theme like Spring in Paris or Jazz Fest and Vacation to Mexico. The catch? In a move that reminds me of the surprise and delight one finds in a tasting menu restaurant, the menu won't be revealed until the moment you're unpacking it at home. Now listen, I'm sure this can be scary for some, to give up control, but I think we're probably getting used to not being in control right now. There is something beautiful about putting your dining fate in a restaurant's hands and basically saying, I trust you, and I'm here for the ride. It's pretty fun. Next, over in Chicago, we turn to our friends Grant Agates and Nick Kakonis, who don't know how to do anything half-assed. Alinea is turning 15 years old, and here, it's no exception. They're celebrating not only with a takeout six-course anniversary tasting menu, but also with a table-side addition, because at Alinea, the way the food is served is as important as the food itself. So the team is providing guests with the tools they need to recreate the magic of the food's presentation in their own homes. Okay, most people have seen or experienced the tabletop dessert that finishes meals there, where they turn the entire table into the plate and they come out and they plate it for you right there. Um, that dish is included in this menu. And for it, you receive everything you need to recreate the epic dessert, complete with a sheet of acetate and all the sauces and components to match. Strawberry cream, lemon curd, vanilla-scented yogurt, etc. All that you need is a surface large enough to let the sauces fly <laughs> and a bit of creativity. So many other restaurants around the country are also showing their own flavor of initiative and ingenuity in this time of adversity, reincarnating themselves and taking on new identities and new cuisines to adjust with the challenging times. Two Michelin star restaurants Cezanne merge with one star sister restaurant Angler to form Cezanne Smokehouse, a curbside barbecue restaurant in San Francisco. In a true team effort from both chefs, they traded in the $300 a person tasting menus and the a la carte seafood menus for takeout barbecue meals costing $72 for two. A focus on uncomplicated dishes that are exactly what people are craving right now. In New Jersey, one of the most beloved Japanese restaurant chains, Ani Ramen, took everything they knew. Big steaming bowls of ramen, buns, all of that, and they threw it out. They completely rebuilt not one, but two restaurant concepts from scratch while jointly serving a charity group called Be Awesome to Somebody. So Ani Ramen turned itself into Rock City Pizza Company and Bang Bang Chicken, 
with menus filled with Detroit-style pizza and Thai-spiced rotisserie chicken. At both, guests have the opportunity to purchase meals at discounted prices, not just for themselves, but to donate to healthcare workers on the front lines. Together, they hope to reach 100,000 meals donated. And here in my backyard, New York City, sister restaurants Contra and Wild Air have taken on a new merged culinary identity. Once known for their complex and creative plated dishes, they have named their new concept Contraire, serving simpler rustic dishes to go. I love it. For other restaurants, pivoting means digging deep into their sense memories, resurrecting retired ideas and giving life to ones that sat dormant in the back of someone's mind. Newly appointed executive chef Russell Stipich of Bardot in Denver, along with culinary director Max McKissick, launched Jabroni and Sons, an Italian-American sandwich shop that pays homage to the classics of New Jersey and Philadelphia. It's not a new idea. It had been in Max's mind for the last four years, building off of his childhood memories of going to Italian delis, where the personalities were as sharp as the provolone they put on their heroes. In a different part of the world, Chef Hugo Brito of Boacavallo Restaurant in Lisbon's Bohemian Alfama neighborhood revived an old Vietnamese pho pop-up project that he had conceived of a few years ago. With a simpler menu of dumplings, banh mi, sandwiches, and pho, Foacavallo has emerged and is set to continue until the crisis comes to an end. In Slovenia, chef owner Anna Ross and her entire team of 32 were forced to group isolate together. And with no restaurant to run right now, they pivoted in a really serious way. They started an ice cream business. With the closure of so many local businesses, the dairy farmers in the area have been faced with an unprecedented surplus of milk, more than they can sell or even donate. And so not wanting to see all that go to waste, Anna and the team have been experimenting with the ingredients of the region to create a whole new range of flavors, like fresh high mountain milk with sage and honey, chamomile and green pepper, and sour milk with spruce cones. Delicious. And in Westchester, New York, Dan Barber and his team at Blue Hill Stone Barns are continuing to go above and beyond. Um, they're reinventing their Wasted brand, and they've created resourced boxes, encompassing themes such as garmanger and pastry, with ingredients fit to follow those themes. The boxes include everything from snacks and meals to meats and breads and fishes and more. And the list goes on and on and on. From people like Gabe Stuhlman in New York City, who's transformed his restaurant, Jeffrey's Grocery, into an actual grocery store. To Stephanie Izard and the Boca team that just launched Girl and the Goatseries in Chicago. People across the country are showing thoughtful creativity as they pivot to keep some of their staff employed and their communities engaged. Listen, it's easy to lose faith right now. To think that the road ahead feels so overwhelmingly difficult that it's time to throw in the towel. But it's been beautiful to see that one of the traits that people that do this for a living have in common is that we refuse against all odds to give up. And one of the silver linings of all this is the grace that we are being given to try new things. That not everything needs to be polished and perfect. There is beauty in the perfect imperfection that comes from harnessing the humanity of our restaurants and dreaming up experiences that we would have never have imagined trying before. Ones that are honest and fun, 
generous and unforgettable. We can try new pivots, and if they don't work, we can pivot again. And our neighborhoods and our teams and loved ones will be there to try it out, to laugh with us, to give it a shot, knowing that we are giving it our best shot. My hope is by sharing these stories, it might inspire all the restaurant owners out there who are having a hard time seeing the light at the end of the tunnel to find the energy to get back to doing what we do best, dreaming up experiences that are designed to bring joy, because the dreaming itself is life-giving. And bringing those dreams to life may be exactly what we need to get to the other side of this. <laughs> Speaking of dreaming, I'm excited to pass it over to our field correspondent and my wife for what I think might be my favorite segment of tidbits that will make you smile. You'll see in just a moment. Christina, take it away. Tidbit, happy little tidbit, tidbit, and just a happy little tidbit, tidbit, that'll make you happy. Thanks, Will. Y'all, I have been a fan of the Girl Scouts my entire life. I was even a Girl Scout myself for a few years, and it's probably no surprise that these four boxes here are not props. They're empty. I've crushed every single box of them. But what the Girl Scouts are doing right now in this time of crisis with something as simple as one of their delicious cookies is so incredibly inspiring. It is making me a fan for life. But you wanna know what? You don't need to hear about it from me. I have four incredible Girl Scouts that are joining me today to tell me all about what they are up to. What made you wanna be a Girl Scout? Um, well, I've seen other Girl Scout troops and it looked really fun and I love helping the community, so. And I can do it with all my friends. Oh, love that. What about you, Shyla? Um, probably the same reason as Alia, but also because um, I got to meet new people, and meeting new people is always really fun. Are you an extrovert? No. <laughs> Me neither, but I like to meet new people. Okay, I feel like you're wearing your sash, and I need to get eyes on that, Shyla. Yeah, you, I am. Yeah. Oh it's my like, gosh. You're crushing it. Look at all those badges. All right, Angelina, what about you? What made you want to be a Girl Scout? Uh, similar to what Shyla and Alia already said, I think that it was just a really fun way to be with my friends, but also do good for the world in a really easy way. And also do good for the world as a kid because you don't always get as many opportunities when you're this young. I love that all three of you are cookie executives because you've sold over 500 boxes of Girl yeah. Scout cookies a piece, right? Yes. You don't just sell cookies to me so that I can eat Tagalongs and Samoas <laughs> and Thin Mints and Dozy Dos. You also have a program every year where you sell, where, where I can buy cookies that you donate to an organization of your choice. Is that right? Yes. That's right. So, Shyla, if I bought cookies and donated them this year, where would they go? Well, I would start taking them to um, the Mount Sinai since my dad is, works at Mount Sinai, the Mount Sinai Hospital's urology department. I would take it to the different hospitals and I would give it to the people who work there so then they can have a smile and they could feel really appreciated. 
I love that. That's so important right now. So every box of cookies that someone buys to donate goes to a healthcare professional or a medical worker during these COVID-19 times. Is that right? Yeah. You all had originally set a goal of the number of boxes that you wanted to sell to donate to all of the medical and healthcare professionals right now, right? Meredith, how many, do you know what the number is? So for the total for all of the girls in New York City, the total number was 100,000 packages that we wanted to set as a goal for, for donation. And we are currently at 70,000 packages uh, to be delivered to New York City Health and Hospitals. Uh, and those shipments have already started to go out. As Shayla said, 10,000 of them went directly to Mount Sinai. Uh, and those are being distributed to not only to the hospitals and the, and the workers there, but also back to the food banks for their families so they can have meals. I am so happy to have had the pleasure to hang out with you today. Thank you for bringing a smile to my face and for sharing some pretty incredible tidbits that I think are going to make everyone else smile as well. Yeah. You better click that link and get some boxes to our frontline workers. Also, cookie executives? Someone's coming after my job. Thank you, Christina. (laughs) It's adorable. Just adorable. Okay, this week we have a new segment. It's called I Can't Wait. We spend a lot of time talking about all the things we miss doing. But instead we're framing it in the following way. That we can't wait to do them again. This week to kick it off is Kevin Bame and his team at the Boca Group. Take it away, guys. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Bame with Boca Restaurant Group and I can't wait to be back in our restaurants again. What I found in this time is there's a bunch of stuff that I either took for granted, found totally annoying, or considered routine before that now I can't wait to see, hear, or do again. I can't wait, can't wait to do it again. I can't wait, can't wait to do it again. I can't wait, can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to get 85 text messages on a Friday night at the last minute for a reservation at Girl to Go. Can't wait to get back and have comida with the family, specifically Chef Jimmy's Deli Cup Pho. I can't wait for a reservation of six people to come in only to become 10 people and for us to magically make it happen. I can't wait till it's a Friday night, 7.30, full house, and I misfire a four top when there's already 30 tickets hung. My favorite. I can't wait to have a full rail of tickets with another stack in my hand ready to call. And a server comes and says, my table has one dairy-free person, one gluten-free person, and one person is allergic to all foods starting with the letter G. I can't wait to tell our back graders again, despacito. I can't wait to tell Table 52 happy birthday on a Friday night. I can't wait to hear the team laughing in the server stations together again. I can't wait to see Giuseppe Tintori's face when a server orders a Bigley pasta, even though he's already 86 the Bigley pasta. It's this beautiful mixture of anger and homicidal rage. Um, It's breathtaking. I can't wait to retrain servers on the new menu, the same menu that they've had for the past seven years I've been working at Boca that they still haven't figured out. I can't wait for Chef Lee Woolen to call for a menu reprint 20 minutes before service. 
I can't wait to get back and have our first unhappy guest and turn their entire experience around. I can't wait for the sound of this little guy right here. It used to haunt me, but I miss it like crazy. Man, I am so lucky for the fact that I love what I do for a living. And I can't wait to be able to do it all again. And I also can't wait to hear next week what Kwame Anwachi and his amazing team, what they can't wait to do. Thank you, Kevin, and the entire team for putting that together. My dad always says that the secret to happiness is having something to look forward to. And that was a beautiful reminder that there are a lot of things for us to look forward to. That's all we got for this week. But we look forward to seeing you again here next week at Weekly Specials. Uh, ya no podemos esperar para tener nuestras vidas para atrás, estar trabajando, mantener a nuestra familia, tener un soporte. Ya no, ya no, ya no podemos esperar tanto. Ya queremos empezar otra vez con nuestra vida, poder, poder salir sin tener miedo. Ya no tenemos mucho dinero que nos sobre para comida. Necesitamos trabajar lo más pronto posible. Gracias. Thank you for tuning in and hope you'll join us again next week on Weekly Specials. The show is produced by the team at the Welcome Conference and our production partners at Resi. And thank you to our longtime partners at American Express and Sam Pellegrino for their unwavering support. During a time when we're not able to come together in person, their support allows us to connect with you here. Want to stay in touch or learn more? Visit us at welcomeconference.org or on Instagram at Welcome Conference. It's the weekly specials. Weekly specials. Good news coming at you.